I hope you brought your Bible with you this morning. If you did, while we remain standing, uh, would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms? If you open your Bible right to the middle, it should be the book of Psalms. In there, you'll find chapter number 29. I need some one of my guys with a Bible. Are you ushering this morning? Okay, never mind. Um, why don't you, Brother Mal, set between those two, and that way both of them can look on yours. And uh, Kel, get your Bible. Come on down here. Get your Bible. Come on down here. Here. Uh, no, I need you right between these two guys and help these two, and then you. hope you did look at your um, phone and turn it off. I would appreciate that very, very much. If you're waiting on an emergency phone call, uh, you can go out in the foyer and wait there, okay? But please do not disturb other people. Uh, I would appreciate that very much. Psalm chapter number 29 and verse number 2. Psalm chapter 29 and verse number 2. I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me. But we will read it together. Psalm 29, verse number 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We'll talk about that in a moment. Go to Psalm 96. Same book. Go to chapter number 96. Chapter 96 and verse number 9. Chapter 96 and verse number 9. O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Now go to 2 Kings. Go backward and you'll go through Chronicles. You'll see the kings back there. All right. 1 Kings, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings 17. 2 Kings 17. Second Kings chapter number 17, when you've located that, look at verse number 33. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Go to the last verse of that same chapter. The last verse of that same chapter. So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. Our key verse will be verse number 33 of that chapter. We'll read that once more. 2 Kings 17, verse 33. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Father, thank you for the Bible. Uh, in all of our delusions of what we think is right and wrong, of all of the information of what people in this world teach us is true and not true, there is one absolute guide through it all that never changes, doesn't have to, and that's the Bible. That's your word. So I pray, dear Lord, above everything, we will adjust our mind, our life to what you say 
and help us do that which is right. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the Holy Ghost of God. Bless the dear people this morning, Lord. May we understand that you are watching and listening this morning. May we set up and give our attention to you and to what's being preached. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Like a blind man, I was tumbling down life's road. Then one day, I heard Jesus passing by, knowing he was the only one who could ever make me whole in desperation reaching out to him i cry mercy river flow through me Wash away all my sin, make me clean. It was the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Lord, please let your mercy river flow through me. Oh, my friend, are you tired of your life of sin? Oh, this very moment, Jesus is passing by your Just reach out to him, he'll hear when you say, Mercy River, flow through me, wash away all my sin, make me clean. It was the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Lord, please let your mercy river flow through me. It was the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Lord, 
Your mercy river flow through me. this morning, 2 Kings chapter number 17, let's start there, 2 Kings, you were there just a moment ago, 2 Kings chapter number 17, 2 Kings chapter number 17, and we'll go to verse number 33, the first part here, 2 Kings chapter 17 verse 33, they feared the Lord and served their own gods, I read a story about a woman of stage, uh, was an actress, and her name was uh, Madame Mojeska, and uh, I guess she was quite famous at one time, and she went to a dinner party, and while she was at that dinner party, many of the people that admired her were at that dinner party also, and asked her could she recite a line or a, a, a scene from one of her many stage and she rejected. She said, no, I can't. I'm liable to mess it up. I don't want to do that. I don't have the proper props and lights and, and surroundings. I, I don't want to do it an injustice. And so they persisted, and uh, she finally gave in, and they all oh, they were so happy about that. And so they all were very quiet and listening to what she was going to do. But she said, now if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it in my native tongue. And they said, oh, that's fine, that's fine. Well, she was Polish, and she said, they said, that's fine. And so they all prepared themselves, and she began. She began, and they were all just absolutely spellbound. Listen, don't give it away. They were all spellbound, and it's like fundamental. You hate to sit with somebody watching with me like this. They die at the end. Oh, thank you very much. Way to go, Sarah. And uh, so what you find out is, uh, I mean, they were just, this is unbelievable. Listen to her. Many of them were brought to tears listening to her as she spoke. They couldn't believe it. When she was done, they all clapped and they all admired her. And they said, please, tell, what, 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 what play was that from? What play was that from? That was amazing. It was touching. It just it moved us. She smiled and said, I counted to 100 in Polish. have its bearing. Thank you. I just asked you two times not to do that. And so the Bible says here, Christians can really put on an act, can't we? Christians can really put on an act, can't we? I'll say it again. You've been distracted. Christians can really put on an act, can't they? Listen, listen, listen. Christians can really put on an act in front of others. The people in 2 Kings chapter number 17, in today's language, would be called Hypocrites. Hypocrites. In other words, a hypocrite is a person who acts like somebody they're really not. In other words, it's like when I'm around these people, I act this way. And when I'm around these people, I act this way. That's called a hypocrite. That's a person leading a, if you would, a double life. Here's the title of the message. Which one are you? Which one are you? I just want you to listen to this this morning. There are many Christians, perhaps even in this room this morning, who put on an act completely different when you're here among Christian people than you do at home, 
on your job, around your relatives, at school, or when you're alone? Which one are you? Which one are you, the one that's here or the one that's everywhere else? Which one are you? That's what we're talking about this morning. He said, preacher, why would anybody come to church, say they fear the Lord, yet act like people out in the world when they're away from here? I think that's a good question also. For the same reason, these people here in 2 Kings chapter number 17, look at verse number 25. Here's what I think their motive was, because it said they feared the Lord and served their own gods. But look at verse number 25. 2 Kings 17, verse 25. Set up, fellas. Set up, set up, set up, set up. Thank you. Verse 25. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. Therefore, they the Lord sent lions among them, which slew some of them. Now, I don't think lions are going to come through those doors right now. I don't think around your house there are lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, I don't think they're there. Now, I believe that many churchgoers, listen, see if this isn't true. I'm not asking you to amen, just listen to me. I believe many churchgoers serve the Lord and go to church enough in hope that nothing tragic will happen to them. You hear them go like, oh, if I stop church, I know what will happen. So you're kind of like this right here, that we're serving the Lord, and they decided not to, so God sent lions. So conversely, if I serve the Lord enough, perhaps lions will not come, if you would, troubles, problems, things that may destroy me. So if I go enough, if I act certain ways, perhaps it will appease the Lord and he will not send lions in my direction. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think some Christians try to serve the Lord enough so that nothing bad happens. Why do I say that? Because when something bad happens, we sometimes do this. Man, I knew I should have been in church. Church is not a uh, magical medallion of some kind that you rub just right and act just right and uh, therefore you're safe from all harm. That's not the way it works. However, that's the way we seem to act sometimes because we think if I go enough, if I act right enough, nothing bad will happen to me. And yet the Bible says here, these people, they feared the Lord. No, they didn't. And served other gods. Now, how is that possible? How can you fear God and serve other gods. Other gods meaning what they wanted, what they thought was right, where they wanted to go, what, what they wanted to do. That's their God. That's the things they put up there. Okay? And so here's what happens. All the rest of the week, many Christians will say, you are. We kind of do what we want to do. We kind of go where we want to go. We kind of say what we want to say. We kind of have the friends, I'm getting ready to change, that we want to have. And yet here we are on Sunday morning singing songs, praying, acting as though we fear the Lord. That's why we're going to church. We want God's blessings on our life. And then after Sunday, we go and act completely different. There are people who try to make other Christians that live that way believe it's not worth it anymore. I go to church on Sunday morning after that. Uh, it's just like, I, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I suggest you do the same thing. We try to make them believe that nobody can live the Christian life anymore. You might as well just stop while you're ahead. We go to church. Then why do you go to church? Well, you know, you can never be too careful. Uh, if the Lord is there, I want to make sure I get his blessings. In other words, you don't want him, if you would, to send lions in your direction. 
I'm going to fear the Lord just enough, but I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do. I am going to go to church, and I'll try to read my Bible and do what the preacher says. But all during the week, around my family, around work, around school, everywhere else I go, I serve other gods. You see, they serve God just enough to possibly keep real troubles and disasters out of their life. But you don't give all in to God, do you? These are the things that we do. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 15. Which one are you? Which one are you? That's what we're talking about this morning. Seems like an honest question. Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15. I want you to go down to verse number 7. This is Jesus. Listen to me now. This is Jesus. And he's talking to, ah, we'll call it church people. All right? We'll call them church people. Uh, they were religious people. They were the Pharisees. By the way, in their day, they were top of the line churchgoers. You couldn't get any better than these people were. And so here comes Jesus, and here's what he says. Look at verse number 7, chapter number 15. In verse number 7, chapter number 15. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah say, this is Isaiah in the Old Testament, prophesy unto you, saying, now, Hundreds of years ago, a prophet said this, and Jesus is relaying, just like I just got through reading in 2 Kings, and I'm relaying it to us. Here we have Jesus talking about a prophecy that was talked about long, long ago and relaying it to the people of his time. Here's what he says. Well, did Isaiah say, prophesy unto you, saying, The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The same principle, the same truth that we read about in 2 Kings chapter 17. These people fear me, and they go ahead and do what they want to do. Uh, they're, they're serving me, and they say they fear me, but they have their own gods. Here, Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. You say you know God, you teach people about God, you praise God with your lips, but your heart's not in this. You could care less about what really is going on. These religious actors hypocrites, teaching and acting very pious, very religiously in front of other people, other churchgoers, if you would, and Jesus told them, if you would, boy, you guys talk a good one. Now, that's not in the Bible, okay? I'm just saying, if you would. You make people think you really know the Word of God. You know, there's a lot of people that can quote Bible not even saved. There are people down on OSU campus that teach theology, the study of God. They teach theology, and they don't even know it. So this thing about how can you talk like this and act this way and not know the Lord, people do it all the time. These people were doing it. They were supposed to know God. They taught other people about God, and Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. Your heart's not even in this. You could care less about God himself. And so what happens here is that Jesus basically is saying, you are so far from the real truth, you don't even realize it. He's telling them you're acting this way, but you're really this way. I'm just asking us in here this morning, which one are you? I, uh, illustration, ready? It's about me, it's good. Um, I used to lay carpet for a living, and uh, anything that had to do with carpet, I, I would use that to make extra money. And also it was my business at one time. Set up, fellas, set up. This is interesting stuff. And... Um, so one day while I was working another job in a factory, a guy asked me, do you ever install carpet in a car? And I said, well, yeah, I've done that. So I went to their house, 
and I was installing carpet in this guy's car. They took out all the seats, and I'm down there on my knees sweating like a pig and, and sweating like a, um, an, I was going to say animal. That's not what that is. Um, anyway, I was sweating. And uh, there I was. Well, where I worked, where I worked, there was a guy who said he was a United Methodist, very religious. And uh, while we were there, a guy just cussed like two sailors. Sorry, Ben. He cussed like two sailors. You know how you say somebody cussed like a sailor? He cussed like two sailors. And one day I told him, I said, you know something, you sure cuss a lot. I do not. I said, yes, you do. You're not even aware of it. I said, I bet you can't go all day without cussing. At the end of the day, he apologized. I said, I didn't realize. Well, we were both invited over the same evening while I was laying carpet in this guy's car. This guy was invited over too. So we were both out here in this guy's garage, and I'm putting down carpet inside this guy's car. And uh, I mean, it's hot. And this guy actually had a garage in a barn uh, where he did a lot of his automobile type of work. And so I'm in there, and I happened to look up, and they opened up a big, they had a, a, a large cooler filled with beer. I don't mean a little cooler. I mean a large one, because that's all these guys did. And uh, he took out three beers. The guy whose house it was, his best friend, and the United Methodist. They didn't even offer me one. Now, you're thinking, well, that's not nice. No, it's exactly the way it should have been. I want to ask you, why would they offer the United Methodist, who was very, very religious, even knew Bible, why would they offer him a beer and not offer me one? Are you listening? Which one are you? Are you, if you would, the United Methodist or me? Which one are you? Why didn't they offer me? Because they already knew. They already knew. There's no sense. Of, you know, people used to tell dirty stories until they came to me. And here's what, sit up, sit up. That's not your girlfriend. Get your head off her. And what they would do was say this. Uh, don't tell Bell. He won't like it. They didn't say a word to me. Now you said, oh, that's not nice. No, that's the way it should be. The thing is, why do they think it's okay to tell you a dirty story? Why do they think it's okay to offer you a beer? Why do they think it's okay to tell you things that a Christian should not? Why do they think that's okay? Because they see right through the hypocrisy of a double standard. And I'm just asking you this morning, which one of these people are you? Actually, I looked up and I kept staring at this guy and he looked at me. I know he felt guilty. I know he felt guilty because he's looking at me because he and I had talked in depth about Bible and church and things like that. So he knew where I stood, I knew where he stood, and I knew where they stood. And without even hesitating, they pulled out a beer and offered him, and they didn't offer me one. That's like a person offering everybody a cigarette and offered you one too. Oh, I'm sorry, here. Why did they do that? I thought you were a Christian. Which one are you? That's all I'm asking you. Which one are you? Are you serving God or serving your own gods? The Bible says here, the word hypocrite simply means you're acting like someone you're not. You're pretending. You really don't have what you tell people or lead people to believe that you have. God's word teaches we are to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What does that mean? I knew you would ask that. Holiness is a state of heart and spirit. And heart and spirit cannot be right with God when you're living out here the way you want to. You're supposed to serve the Lord in body and in spirit, which are the Lord's. 
So your whole being should be worshiping the Lord. You see, it's the hidden man of the heart. God is saying in holiness, it should be clean and pure and innocent and done on purpose. We don't come to church and accidentally let something happen. That's your charismatic holiness type of people. Well, I hope something good happened. I'm preaching the Bible. That's something good. We sang hymn songs. That's something good. We shook hands with each other and smiled and encouraged each other. And that was good. And so we see all these things going on. You see, which one are you? It's those people who say, I go to Anchor Baptist Church, and you do. Listen to me now. Sit still and be quiet. It's those who go to Anchor Baptist Church, and when you're asked, you tell them, oh, no, I go to church. Where do you go? Anchor Baptist Church. And you really do, just on Sunday morning, when it doesn't interrupt the rest of the gods you serve. Like your job. Or family. So you just put your job, your family above God. So that becomes your God. You say, oh, no, that's not true. It is true. Okay, then which one are you? That's all I'm asking this morning. You see, you go just on Sunday morning. You belong here, but you do not tithe. You do not witness. You do not visit people. You do not, you're, not, you're not a part of any ministry here. You don't really pray for others. You, it's kind of like, I don't want God to think bad of me. I don't want God to turn the lions loose on me. So I'll go to church just enough to let everybody know I am and God, are you happy? And then you go right on with your life. These people in Second Kings did the same thing. You see, you come just enough in hope that God will keep the lions away. No? Then which one are you? When sinners ask you, do you go to church, you very proudly say, yes, Anchor Baptist Church. You honor the Lord with your mouth, but your heart is not here, is it? Even sitting here, you didn't come here to listen to me. You came here as a duty, and then you're going home and do the rest of your life. You live a double life, a hypocrite. A hypocrite is a person who really doesn't possess. It's a false assumption of virtue and piety. It's a pretender. Because of that, you know who I'm talking to this morning. If you're not sure, now you think, I know who I'm talking to this morning. Now you're wondering if other people know who I'm talking about. I can help you with that. Decide which one you're going to serve and go do it. If the Lord be God, what did Joshua say? Let's serve him. If Baal be God, then let's serve him. You know what he's saying? Make up your mind. Which one are you? That's what you need to know this morning. Which one are you? Do you think you have God fooled? Do you think God is going like this? Man, it's hard to tell if they're a real Christian or not. You know, it's hard to tell if they're really for me or if they're, is that what you think? No, what you're doing is you're a hypocrite. You're trying to fool men, and the person you're really fooling is yourself, thinking maybe God doesn't know. Many church members sing. They sing sweet hour of prayer. And yet you haven't said so much as hello to God in weeks. You're a hypocrite. You sing onward Christian soldiers, but you're waiting to be drafted. 
well, you know, until they make me, and until I have no choice, I, I thought it was onward Christian soldier. You avoid every trouble and every problem the church faces. Uh, if it may stain you or cause you any problems, you're just staying away from it. Which one are you? Many Christians sing all for a thousand tongues to sing, but you never amen. You should be going ballistic right now, amening and saying, Preacher, that's right. You're right, preacher. But we sit silent. You never shout, even when others do. You never praise the Lord. Why aren't you up running the aisles? Am I not preaching the truth? Why aren't you saying amen? Am I not? Is it not the truth? See, some people think you can't amen if you're not living it. Amen means so be it, and it's true. Adults do that. Thank you very much. Now, many church members sing, blessed be the tie that binds, and the least little thing that goes wrong, you sever that tie among other people. Which one are you? Many Christians sing till the whole world knows, yet you've never talked to anybody about Christ. You've never walked one person down the aisle. You've never had a first-time visitor here. You've never gotten anybody to come to church here. And yet you sing all the time till the whole world knows. Which one are you? A double life hypocrite. So what are you thinking? If people do not know what I am away from here, then it's all right. Is that what you think? Is that what we think? Listen to me. So what are you thinking? There is a God in heaven. Let this sink in a minute. When I say this, you're going, oh, yeah, sure, but you don't think about it. There is a God in heaven who knows everything you do, everything you think. God does not get caught up in your rhetoric. Oh, you know, it's all according to how you look at it. It's all according to how you think. God doesn't even pay attention to that. God knows truth. That's all he knows. And God knows whether we're doing truth or not. So all I'm asking you is, I think it's a fair question, which one are you? That one or this one? That's what, we, that's what we want to know. And so he goes about to release the lions in some folks' lives. Some whole church, some whole church, some whole churches are pretending, acting, praising God with their lips. But their heart is not there. As soon as they leave from there, they go to the bar. As soon as they go there, they strip down to almost nothing. Well, they're doing that in their churches now. As soon as they leave that, so I'm just asking you, church, will we be there someday? Is this what you're hoping for? What we really want is can't we just go to church and then go on with our life? This is what he's talking about in 2 Kings chapter 17. That's what they were doing. Oh, no, we fear the Lord. And then they went ahead and served what they wanted to serve. I think it's a fair question. It has gotten so bad, even whole churches act very religious while hoping a good church across town fails. As though God doesn't understand or hear our hypocrisy. Trying to win the whole world, hope that church shuts down because we just don't like it. You heard about the three singing churches who couldn't stand each other? They ended up one day while they were out evangelizing. They all ended up on the same street corner intersection. One was over there, one was over there, one was over there. They all ended up in the same place, and they were all going to sing. 
The first one sang, Will There Be Any Stars in My Crown? That's a song, by the way. The one on the other side, the second group sang, No, not one, no, not one. The third one was over there, listen to both of these, and he sang, Oh, that will be glory for me, glory for me, glory for me. This is what we're doing today. While I am so pious, I hope you fail. While I am so right with God on Sunday morning, I can't wait to get out of here and go do what I want to do. This is like these people right here. Oh, no, 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 we go to that church. I hope you fail. I hope that never happens in this church, that you hope another people that are preaching the gospel. Every other church, I hope it falls flat on its face and burns to the ground. But when it comes to those Bible preaching churches, those that are still struggling against this world to do what's right, I hope they succeed. I get no pleasure out of just our three buses running all over the west side of Columbus. I want, oh, I, I, we used to fuss about the day when down on Hague or North Harris, there were two or three buses and from different churches. And then we would fuss with each other. Hey, those are my kids. They go to our church. Yeah, well, we're giving away a bike and you're giving away a piece of gum. They're coming, very dedicated children. They're coming to our church this week. We act like kids are so dedicated to our church. They go wherever they can get the most stuff. That's what Americans have trained them to do. It seems in so many modern day churches, they are becoming people who honor God with their lips. I hope we never do that. In Mark chapter number 7, you're almost there. You're in Matthew. Go to the next book, Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. In Mark chapter number 7, look at verse number 9. Here again, we have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God himself incarnate on this earth. And he said, and the Bible said, and he, talking about Jesus Christ, said unto them, talking to these religious uh, uh, rulers at that time, full well ye reject the commandment of God. But he didn't stop there. That ye may keep your own traditions. See, it's like when a preacher preaches nowadays, you can almost smell the smoke burning. Uh, means there's wood up here. Uh, you can almost smell the smoke burning because you're saying this. I don't care what he says. I'm going to do what I want. So you ignore the commands and the guidelines and the teachings of God because you're going to go ahead and serve what you want to serve the way you want to serve it, and nobody, including the priest, then why are you here this morning? Which one are you? That's what we want to know this morning. That's what you want to know. They tell everybody they're servants of God and love God. Then should they not be serving the God? Should their works not be showing that they believe and mean what they tell people? The fact is every Christian knows if they're living like hypocrites or not. Amen. Don't even amen. You know that. You know that. You know that. I know that. Quit excusing it as, well, nobody's perfect. God told you that. Now you can't tell it. You already know that part. We're not talking about somebody who's struggling with sin. We're talking about those that have just decided, ah, who cares? Might as well go ahead anyway. The rest of the Christian world is. So you're following a multitude to do evil. Is that what you're saying? That's against the Bible. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not speaking about new Christians or young Christians that are still trying to figure some of this stuff out. I'm not giving you that right. God doesn't either. God simply says, you don't even understand what's going on yet, do you? 
I'm talking to those of us that have been on the way and we know we're acting hypocritical. We know we're telling people something here and we go someplace else and do something different altogether. You know that. Nobody has to follow you around. Nobody has to keep notes on you. Nobody has to write a book about you. God already did, by the way. And so what we have here is simply, which one I'm asking? I'm asking a very, very good question. Which one are you? Religious and kind of protecting yourself. That's why you come to church on Sunday. Do you act this way at your job? Do you listen to the dirty joke? Do they offer you booze? Do they ask you to stop down at the bar? Do they ask you, did you buy your lottery ticket? Do they ask you why you dress this way? Why? Why do they do that? They've never asked me that. All you got to do is take your stand one time. And for the most part, nah, don't tell him. He won't like that kind of stuff. He used to tickle me all the time. I actually, I felt so good about it. Hey, Bell, let me tell you this. Uh, never mind. You don't like dirty stories, do you? Nope. Uh, well, never mind. Everybody else thinks it's funny, but never mind. They knew. Did they go on and tell you? Did they go on and tell you? You see, you know if you tell people one thing, yet you're doing different. In other words, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Why do we do that? Listen to me, listen to me, ladies, listen to me, please. Hey, I'm preaching, listen to me. Why do we do that? Why, not talk to other ladies. Why do, why do we, no, well, never mind. Uh, why, why do we, why do we, why do we want to do this? Why do we act this way and then go act this way? Which one are you? The Apostle Paul speaking on this matter in Titus chapter 1 verse 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him. In works they deny him. In works. So it's not the, you don't know my heart. In works. You can, you can see people's works. In works they deny me. Where are you on Sunday night? Come on. Where are you on Sunday night? Where are you? Do you never witness to anybody? By the way, those of you who don't tithe, you have no business having a voice here at all. You want all the benefits of Anchor without providing anything to help Anchor. Does your mouth say one thing, yet your work's the opposite? Which one are you? That sounds like a very simple thing. Do your Sunday say I'm a Christian, yet your other six days say I'm not? Do you have any tracks in your car? You carry a Bible. Oh, on my phone. I walked into the hospital the other day. I'm waiting on the elevator. I'm just standing here. And, uh, and I'm waiting on the elevator, and uh, these two guys walk up behind me, typical Westside University type of guys, and, uh, and they're waiting. And, and they, somebody they loved was in the hospital, and uh, he said, you're a minister. I turned around and looked at him and said, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a preacher. Yes, I am. I could have simply had on the regular Sunday and my phone in my pocket with the Bible on it. And he would have said, 
I bet on that phone there's Bible in there somewhere, isn't there? Why are you so ashamed to carry this book? You men, get you a big old black Bible. Carry your family Bible. Remember when they used to run around from house to house and sell family Bibles? You remember that? I mean, those things are like that thick and that big. You know, you'd have to have a, a, a dolly to pull it around on. And my mom got one of those, and you put your family history in there, and that's about as far as it went. And then it sat there like it was an idol, right? You don't, don't, don't you touch that Bible. Uh, the Bible's meant to be used, folks. It's meant to be used, not idol worshipped. And so what happened? All I'm saying is, why, why do we, which one are you? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Do the church folks say, I believe he's a Christian? Yet people on your job, your relatives, people you go to school with go, you're kidding, right? Which one are you? Which one? You're going to have to answer the question. I have to answer the question. You have to answer the question. What would your kids, your spouse, say about your life away from here? This is where we normally bow our head because we don't want anybody to recognize how my eyes just dropped and my face just dropped because, oh, now you're hitting a nerve. What would, okay, I'm going to go like it. Okay, I want your kids to come up and talk to me about how both of you act when you're not looking. I know what you'll say. You say one word to that preacher, and you're no longer a part of the DeSoto family. You got that? We threaten our children. We threaten our children. To not say any, why do we have to do that? Well, some things are just kind of personal, preacher. I'm not talking about that, and you know I'm not talking about that. So why can't my wife or I talk to your kids? We talk, well, how are things at home? Are you mom and dad doing okay? You live there. What do you mean you don't know? Because mom and dad threatened, don't you dare say anything to the preacher. You get here on Sunday morning. Well, hello, can I talk to you for 45 minutes? Oh, wonderful, how are you? And I don't even know you, but can we talk for 45 minutes? Oh, wonderful. Do you talk about the Lord away from here? Which one are you? Trying to fit into the world? Why do you come here on Sunday morning? Why are you acting and dressing this way just on Sunday morning? You ashamed to act and dress this way when you go other places? I'm just telling you, that guy looked at me, and he was standing right here. I think it was a dad and, and a son. The son's probably in his late 20s, early 30s, black guy, and had his hood on, the whole thing. Very nice to me, very nice. Said so, He was black. And, and he said, uh, not my fault, and he said to me, uh, you're a minister. I said, I'm a preacher. And I asked him, I said, you live close to here? He said, yes, not too far away. I told him where our church was and asked him if he was saved. Which one are you? You carry your micro Bible. You carry, oh, you carry the Bible on your smart watch, whatever it is. I, what is it? I, I, what is it? I what? I watch. Yeah. You don't watch, so it's not I watch. Oh, I, I could show him the Bible right here. You show me something on that small. I, there's no way I'm reading it. Oh, you can enlarge it. How large can you enlarge it? They, they got me a, a, a phone. I think it's about that big. It looks like a tablet, but it's, it's a big one. And I, Mike the other day went like this. He, he opened it up again. Whoa! 
Greek preacher, that's about as large a letter as you can get, isn't it? Don't make fun of the elderly. Do not do that. Which one are you? Which one are you? Are you basically, I don't mean, you want me to wear jeans here like I do at home? No, I want you to stop doing that here. You come before the Lord, there ought to be a fear that says, I'm coming before the king of heaven and the universe, and I need to present myself in a proper fashion. But you know what we have done? Hey, I don't think God cares. I think I'll sleep when I'm listening to him. I think I'll dress the way I want to. I'll look the way I want to. I'll smell the way I want to. You have no fear of God. So I would ask you, though, why are you here? Which one are you? Look at me, teenage girls. Which one are you? God knows what's rolling around that brain. There's a lot of room. It's just rolling around in there. He knows. He knows what you're thinking about. He knows how you feel. He knows why you're here this morning. Well, I kind of have to. Well, you'll, you'll come to the day when nobody can make you. Which one are you? I, I, I thought it was a good question. Which, same thing with you guys. You're here because, wow, I set up on the platform and everybody likes anchor. What happens when they don't like anchor? Which one are you? Listen, it's an awful hypocrisy. Listen to this. It is an awful hypocrisy that declares with the lips what denies with the life. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's not what they think. It's what you show them. You tell them this and you're showing them this. It doesn't match. Something's wrong. Many a Christian is found in a lie when they profess to fear God at 9.30 on a... Well, some do. After they've been serving self and other gods all week long. I don't see you at the altar. So, preacher, I come to get right. No, you didn't because you never come to the altar. You never you're not living a sinless life. Don't you even start that with me. I don't see you at the altar. So you're trying to make people think you never really mess up. Look at me. Yes, you come up both eyeballs. Yes, you do. You sin all the time. You say, that's not nice. Ready? I sin all the time. You say, oh, no, not you, Reverend. First of all, I'm not a reverend. I'm a preacher. And yes, I do. I'm sorry that other preachers have tried to convince you that they do everything right, that they know almost everything. I do not happen to be one of those people because I don't like lying about stuff. I am not that. And you're not either. You need to figure out which one you are. That's all you need to find out. The type of living that used to confuse so many of us when we'd look at church people. I worked at Rockwell International for a while. There were about seven to 10,000 people or something like that worked there at one time over near the airport, worked on the B-1 bomber, and there's all kinds of people from all over the world that worked there. Many of them claimed to be Christians. Pretty good. Listen to me, listen to me. Many of them claimed to be Christians. That guy back there was just patting around on women. He claims to be a Christian. Filled with the Holy Spirit. He filled with something. They ain't Holy Spirit. I just heard that guy cut his hand and cuss like crazy. He said he went to a Baptist church. We're confusing people out in the world. They're looking 
for a direction. They're looking for the truth. They're looking. They don't know it's Jesus, so they're looking at us. And they see you this way over here. They ask you to go down to have something to eat at the bar. And you said, okay. What if I don't? They won't think I'm good. They won't think I'm nice. No, they'll just think you're a compromiser that doesn't have much in you differently than what they have in them. Don't fool yourself. They did that one day when I was working over there. Hey, Bell, we're all going to go down to, I don't know what it's called, JP's. It's like jet fuel, uh, something. Uh, they're uh, over near the airport. You want to go with us? I said, what, you ready? Ready for this? Ready for this? This will ostracize you. They serve booze there? What? They serve booze there? Are you afraid to ask that question? Do you know why? You go to Longhorn Steakhouse. They serve booze there. Oh, now we're really getting quiet, aren't you? Preacher, come on. There was a day when we didn't do that, but now, come on. Oh, Christians. Which one are you? Yet you seem to be so proud because I don't. You almost get upset that the only place I can go is McDonald's, and some of those are changing, and York Steakhouse, which you don't like. I don't care. I had a person call me one day who hates me, hates me. You act like, oh, come on, oh, there's a bunch of them. But this one time there was this person. You, you can't, yeah, uh, they're there, folks, trust me on this one. You said, what, do you hear this on the internet? No, you tell me. So anyway, called me up, I can't tell you who it was, and uh, said, um, hey, preacher, I, I met this guy the other day, and you, you still don't go places this guy hates me, hates me. Look at me, H-A-T, me, hates me. He said, you still don't go to places where they serve booze, do you? Understand, the guy hates me, but is using me as an example. And I said, no, I don't. I knew that. What do you think about, he wanted to get ammunition to destroy a preacher. I know a guy who's in a dry county, and yet he'll go to a wet county to get something to eat. What do you think about that? Click. What would he have said if I, oh, no, I changed my mind. My wife and I, we were out in Arizona. This, this is the part that bothers me. And uh, I hate shaving. Oh, oh, I hate shaving with passion. I have to for you. It's just such a sacrifice. And uh, so I, my wife goes like, oh, it's all white. I trimmed it up. Boy, I, I'm very sophisticated. And uh, trimmed it all up. And my wife said, honey, I really like that. That's what's wrong with you goofy guys. I sent the picture to a couple other people, and they went, don't do that. I tell these guys, nothing sinful about a beard. You say, then why can't they grow one? Ready? Consistency. Well, one can, the other can't. So we'll just leave it there. But anyway, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Now, by the way, some of you teenage boys, hate to break the news to you, you're not growing a mustache or a goatee. You have two hairs. That's all you do during church service. 
it's not you pull it, it doesn't get longer. It doesn't work that way. You will be real hurt when one of them falls out. And you go, oh, no, oh, there's no sense going on with Jesus. What was I in the middle of the story? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I told them it has nothing to do. Jesus had a beard. Okay, genius, good for you. So what's wrong with the same thing the Apostle Paul came to when he said, all things are lawful for me. See, that means I can do what I want, but all things are not expedient. He did not want to be a stumbling block. It's amazing in a world where everything changes almost constantly how just staying the same is quite a bright light to a lot of people. Not changing the whole world, preaching to large crowds, just quit changing. Stay the same. Everybody's growing a beard. Think I will too. Everybody has an afro. Think I will too. You think I'm kidding you? All these white guys back in the 60s and 70s growing afros, walking down the street. You said, preacher, do you have one? Not on your life. Had a cool looking head of hair. shall worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou worship. Christian. Christian. You know who I'm talking about. Who's at the top of your list? You? Your family? Your spouse? Your job? Your job, your job, your job. Can't believe how many men anymore are sliding God over a stupid job. Well, God gave me this job. Then give it back to him and tell him God is not working out. Job is not the ultimate. Living for God is the ultimate. We're confusing people. It's Sunday. I thought you Christians went to church. I have to work, you know. No, you have to serve God. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I want you to go to Psalm 96. I want you to look at 96. You there? I'm there already. Now, I want to, just in case there's any confusion about what worship is. You ready? Watch this. Worship? Uh, holiness. Well, I think I'm right, and it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Holiness? Okay, you know there's things called, I know most of you kids in here don't know this, they're called dictionaries. I know you think you have it on your phone, but you never use it anyway. Not your phone, the dictionary. So I want to tell you what those two words mean because here's what the Bible says in Psalm chapter number uh, 96 and verse number 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. So what in the world do those two big words mean? Worship, ready? To adore. Pay honor to the supreme God. It means also prayer and thanksgiving. So you got the worship part? Holiness, in the beauty of holiness. It means purity or integrity of morals. You know what he's saying? You live And inside ought to be the way you live. You're going to worship the Lord. You're going to come before the Supreme Body like you did this morning. 
You're going to come before the supreme being of the universe, God Almighty. Any way you want, any fashion the way you want, dress the way you want, act the way you want, believe the way you want. He said in the beauty of holiness. Holiness, purity or integrity of moral character, freedom from sin. And when it says sin, it's talking about letting sin live in you. By the way, worship, you say, well, well, everybody has sin. When it comes to worship, you come to the Lord with your sin, he said, I'll forgive you. But that's asking for it. That's not worship. When you sin, he invites you, come to me. He invites you to come. He said, I know you have sin. You come and tell me about it. So he's inviting you when you sin. Worship is not the same. When it comes to worship, he said, I want you to live right. You come in and talk to me. We're going to have good fellowship together. We're going to enjoy one another's company. You need to get that stuff taken care of. Worship is different than coming to the Lord with the sin in your life. He invites you when you sin. You come to me, and I'll forgive you. Worship, he says, an absence of known sin in a fake life. This is normally when we pick up a songbook and start reading the Psalms. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. Boy, what time is it? They have a huge clock now. Huge. And they did that for me, trying to help me know when it's time to quit. I guess I better. It's easy to see the hypocrisy in others, is it not? They go to your church. <laughs> well, we pick them out. How about when it's you? We have excuses, right? They're sinning. I made a mistake. They're wrong. I didn't understand. Right? Hello, wake up. All right, watch golf later on. Watch what he says here. It's easy to see the hypocrisy in others, but we tend to refuse to acknowledge it when it's ourselves. And normally when it's finally pointed out, like this morning, we simply sweep it under the rug, make excuses, and go right on serving our gods. We can say what we want to or think what we want to, but God's word, watch, you ready for this, adults? Adults, look at me, saying they're right now making all kinds of excuses for why you do what you do. This world is dying, going to hell in a handbasket. While we still work and work overtime and work triple time and go and leave church anytime we want to, you don't even call anymore. You don't even tell anybody. You just don't show up. How ungrateful that is. Well, I'm an adult. I don't really report to anybody. Then go out in the world. Do what you want to do. It's just a nice thing to do is to let people know you won't be there. The problem you're having is you don't want to tell me why. Boy, some of you look like you're sucking on a lemon here this morning. Which one are you? Which one are you? You do not get involved. You get involved just enough in hopes that I was there. It's a dead giveaway. You go like this. When do we start doing all that? It's, it's like when you weren't here, we planned to give all the announcements. We make the announcements every week, every service. Where were you? Why do you only come to church on Sunday morning? You, you still don't want to answer that one, do you? 
Why do you tell others that you witness in your own way, but you never bring anybody to church? I'm just looking at everybody right now. Is that okay? That's all I got. Why is it you can carry on almost any kind of conversation with any people on your job, at school, with your relatives, your neighbors for hours? But you just can't seem to carry on a Bible conversation. We've even invited you. Hey, let's all read our Bible together. It's amazing what kind of conversations it brings up. Did you see the game? Did you watch the golf? Did you see that hunter the other day? Did you see that fashion? Oh, I'm telling you. You can talk for hours. Oh, I'm really shy and backward. Don't tell me that. Ladies, you got to that blouse before that other woman did. You know you did. And how dare she? And you'll give her a piece of your mind. You better be careful. You don't have too many pieces left. That's good. What? You're welcome. But somehow when it comes to people here, you arrive five or ten minutes late, you leave, and I mean even right now you're going like, yeah, I got to go somewhere. I can't stay here much longer. And then you're one of those that go like, yeah, I don't know what it is. The church is changing. Yeah, this is what I want to look at you now. The church is changed. It's not like it used to be. You mean when you were in fellowship with everybody? Oh, you mean when you stayed and talked to everybody? You mean when you joined in the work? Yeah, we're not like that anymore. How come you don't amen anymore, fellas? You used to. So now the kids and the teenagers and other people, new people are looking around going, why is it always that person that's yelling amen? What do you mean that person? You go to 1 Corinthians, you come to find out that the whole church is what brought conviction. The whole church brought conviction, not just the preacher. Is it not becoming harder and harder to do the things when your friends and family and people you work with can't figure out if you're a Christian or not? Why don't you just clean house and tell them? I, um, we used to live beside this family, and uh, my brother actually was preaching this decades ago. And uh, here's, what, here's a challenge. You ready? I tell you, why don't you witness to your neighbor? Oh, you won't believe it. I've been living there now for 500 years, and I haven't said one word to him. What do I do now? Right? Think of your neighbor. You're thinking about him right now. That neighbor, this neighbor. I'm not talking about who is my neighbor. The one right next to you. First chance you get, witness to your neighbor. Well, he knows what kind of Christian. Not that kind of witness, knucklehead. Verbal. Tell them about Christ. First thought in my mind is, I've been living there now for five or six years, and I've never asked them that same question. Now what are you going to do? Got an answer? Want to hear it? Want to hear it? Want to hear the answer? Here's where you say, yes, sir. Okay, there you go. One person. There you go. Too late. Uh, I went next door, knocked on it. This man knew me. And I said, uh, can I come in and talk to you? Well, sure, come on in. 
We were good friends. Good neighbors. But we never talked anymore. I said, can we sit down for a minute? She said, come on in the dining room. Come on in. Come on in. Sit down. What, what can I do for you? I said, I have to apologize. You know, it's called humbling yourself to God. I said, I've lived next to you all these years. And if, 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 if I've never witnessed anything before you in know, life, can I just tell you how my son has been? He sat there the whole time and listened to me. You know what he said when I was done? Thank you very much. It may not always look like it, but I did that years and years ago. You see, you don't know that till you ask for it. But the first thing I had to do was... That's where he goes sowing, right? There's nobody there. And when he came, I apologized. Because God didn't send him into all the world to hurt you. He sent me. Have you, have you even talked to him? They say they fear God, yet they serve their gods. Christians and their worship of God. Sin overflows our life. We're indifferent to most things that are preached and taught, and we know it. This doesn't come as a shock. Many of you have been saved. Fellas, knock it off and listen to me. Most of you, there are people in here been saved 40, 50 years. So I have a question for you. Other than learning more about the Lord and increasing your Christian life, how close to that are you still? Has there been any change? Which one are you? You can't keep claiming I'm just a young Christian learning. You've been on the way too long. Is there, there's no beauty in most churches anymore in their what they call worship service because there's little, if any, holiness in a lot of people anymore. Are you pretty much the same everywhere you go? I preach you only carry my Bible when I'm when I'm when I'm putting up drywall. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm after. Come on, don't don't do that to me. I worked at Rockwell. I did not wear a suit. I never come to the shop. I was born with one. There was a guy over his night. It was Mike Ancona. Should I tell you he was Italian? And he liked me. Actually, he was a fight promoter. I mean, real tough guy, Westside University type guy. And uh, he was a fight promoter, and he liked me, which I was very grateful for. And uh, he used to yell, huge place. And he, when he'd see me coming, he'd go, Deacon Bill! Everybody's turning around. Deacon, come here. Talk to me. Keep it down, Mike. I want people to know. First of all, I wasn't a deacon. He just liked it to call me that. And people from all over that government job, they knew the guy who was the hypocrite. And they sided with him and talked with him and enjoyed him until something was wrong in their life. And then they knew where Deacon Bell was. See, you weren't allowed to talk like that. Government job, you know. The government's for you, but you can't talk about Jesus. And so they would come up with a handful of paperwork 
sit down at my desk. What are you doing? to your so-called Christian friend. They know. They know the hypocrisy. Most sinners know what a real Christian is supposed to be. Oh, yes, they do. It's amazing how we don't. Mike Ancona, he even come out of church, I believe. He even come by our house. He liked to hug my wife. Um, yeah, he did. And he had this cool beard. It's the most beautiful beard you've ever seen before in your life. He did. Are you confusing people? They watch you around your house, on your job, at your school, wherever you go. Somebody said they would they go to church and serve you. But you didn't. They said they knew Jesus. Never said anything to me. I said, preacher, you trying to make me feel good? No, but if you are, do you know what you're supposed to do about it? that working for you? There's a reason God's talking to you now because now is when he wants you to get this thing settled. Who is on the Lord's side always true? There is a right and wrong side. Where stands your enemy? Thousands are on the wrong side. Choose to stand. Still, tis not the strong side, true and great. Come and join the Lord's side. Ask you why. Tis only the safe side, by and by. Where do you stand? Which one are you? We need to get this settled. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed.